Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, my message title tonight is Salt Anyone. Scott, you got my first uh, photograph up there. Now, how many of y'all like salt? How many of y'all like lots of salt like me? Praise God. Salt is, and it's good for you. That's one of the nice things about salt, right? All you medical people, salt is good for you. But praise God, I'm, I'm trying to cut back a little bit on mine. But. So mess, uh, pitch, pitch, picture two, Scott. Second thing about salt is, you know, we're the salt of the earth. And, you know, in these end times, it's just so important that we, that we, you know, do what we're called to do because there's so much darkness out there. And you all see it, I know, you know, when you're out there in the world, it's just, this is not a time to just to kind of be half-hearted, right? Amen. About living for God. And so I want to start today in Matthew 5.13. Some of y'all probably already knew where I was going, praise God. And um, just share a few things. And again, my message is salt anyone. You know, you've got to be careful with your titles because if you have too much seriousness on you, then they don't, like Pastor talks about, they don't get the messages, right? So we kept it kind of generic tonight, so they could, you could go any way with that one, right? But uh, so I want to start out reading, and I'm going to read mostly tonight from the Amplified Classic Bible. In Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, its strength, its quality, how can its saltness be restored. It is not good for anything any longer but to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by men. That doesn't sound like a good situation, does it? You know, and how I uh, wrote down, I looked at the salt, is, and there's a lot of ways you could describe that, but I put down our enthusiasm for serving and following God. You know, we can be really enthusiastic sometimes for sports or you know, I'm a big St. Louis Cardinal fan, and sorry, any Cubs fans out there tonight, I'm going to alter call later on for Cubs fans. They need some special prayer. But, um, but you know, our enthusiasm for sports can be okay, and, but, you know, how much enthusiasm should we have for God? And, you know, I hope the one thing that people will not say about me is that I was lukewarm for God um, because that should be the number one thing in our life, Right. And as you get older, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that here in a bit, you know, you really start seeing how fast life goes. But uh, how, enth- how, how enthusiastic are we for serving and following God? And so, Scott, photo number three. This is what we don't want to end up to be, right? That's Lot's wife. And she turned back, and, and she, she was no more, right? She turned into... She turned into salt. And that's what I'm going to talk about. My subtitle basically is not looking back at our former life. You know, the devil's always trying to get us to look back there and tell you what you did and how it was terrible. And, and maybe a lot of it was. But uh, we're not to look back, right? So we're going we're to talk about that, not looking back at our former life. So let's go back to Genesis now. Genesis chapter 19, praise God. Genesis 19. And again, I'm going to read out of the Amplified Classic here for most of my scriptures. Genesis chapter 19, that's at the back of your Bible if it's upside down. Um, the beginning if it's right side up. 
Shelby would probably, Shelby, she thinks I'm not funny. So y'all would pray for Shelby because she, she doesn't like my dad humor, but um, South Dakota humor mixed in there, but praise God. So, so Genesis 19:26. but Lot's wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. You know, the new Amplified Bible for that verse 26 says, but Lot's wife from behind him foolishly, longingly looked back towards Sodom in an act of disobedience, and she became a pillar of salt. You know, and our flesh still wants to do foolish and longing things, you know, for the wrong stuff, right? Am I the only one out there? I mean, your flesh, you know, we got to tell our flesh what to do. And so, you know, part of my message today is for us to all to challenge ourselves about what, what kind of things are we doing where we maybe we just glance back sometimes and, you know, what are we being disobedient about? Is, is it social media? You know, there's probably as much, I think gossiping is pretty much the cool thing on social media, right? You just go on there, you don't have to put your name on, you can just trash everybody, right? And um, I know that social media has some positives, you know, I personally don't spend um, time on it. I just see too many people waste, too many Christians wasting their life on social media. Um, I just don't see a whole lot positive. Now, you, they'll, they'll always pull out a positive verse about God somewhere and send it to you once in a while. But look at this. Out of the 300 things I read today, there was this really good thing about God. You know, but I think that you could probably find something better right in this book right here, right? And so, you know, maybe that's not your thing, you know. And, but, you know, acts of disobedience was part of Lot's wife's problem, right? What about for us? Where's our disobedience? Is, is it in maybe abortion? You know, do we, like... Does our silence on abortion support it, right? It's one thing not to, not to go out there and promote something, but w with your silence, you really, if you don't come against it, you're really supporting it. Uh, what about marriage? You know, it's tough now to stand against marriage, what the world calls marriage, but the Bible's pretty clear about marriage, right? Amen. A godly marriage, right? And so, you know, I just encourage you and I tonight to just examine ourselves into what those areas are that maybe we're in, you know, rebellion. It really all comes down to rebellion, right? Um, and, you know, the, one of the things that the, the, the devil wants to do is rebel against our pastor, right? You know, when, you, when he's preaching a message, your flesh wants to say, yeah, it was all pretty good, but that one part, you know, I don't think I'm going to follow that, you know. But that rebellious spirit is still in your flesh, and it wants to do it, have its own way, and wants to come up and correct the pastor. And uh, so if you got anything for me, I'm not the pastor, thank God, but um, just you send a note and put it in that round file, if you would, please, and I'll follow up on it later on. But praise God. But, you know, are we disobeying the Holy Spirit? You know, His prompting. Now, you know, don't let the devil beat you up because, you know, the Word of God has got balance, right? And, and you know, the devil wants to tell you how bad you are, and he had one bad thought one day, he wants to tell you you're never going to make it in ministry or whatever. We're talking about things that we're doing consistently, right? And so I was thinking about King Saul. You know, he was an anointed king. And then all of a sudden, he started making some bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, and that wasn't God's fault. He just chose. You think about anointed man of God, and you hear about pastors and big preachers across the world that, that just all of a sudden, they just go wacko. And all of a sudden, they're off the reservation, right? And um, so none of us are beyond this. I respect Pastor so much in terms of he, he knows he's got to live right to the end, and he's watching himself to do it. And what an example we have in Pastor Mark and Sister Phyllis. So thankful. But, um, 
So King Saul kind of got in the wrong road and stayed there. How about Samson? Man, he got started following those women. You know, women can really mess things up, huh, guys? Um, I guess it was Samson's fault. He should have just got one good one, right? Stayed in his own camp and got a good one. But they just, they, they just got in there, this rebellious state, you know. And, and I like to think about it, you know, the devil has these packages. They're all wrapped up beautifully. And he tries to hand them to you and I. And they look so good. You know, the neighbor's wife looks so good. And she happens to be at the mailbox just when you t- took the trash out, right? The devil's, oh, man, that, that'd be all right, you know? That's a good example for the guys, right? But he puts these packages, and they look so good to your flesh. But he only has three things in that package, right? Killing, stealing, and destroying. And, but he's trying to get at you, and that's what happened to Saul and Samson. They just started answering that call, right? But what about King David? He messed up in a big way, right? We could all say, well, I would never do anything like that. My sins would never be that bad, you know, but, but who knows? If you, maybe some people in here had some major sin, but God is merciful. Did you stay on that path or did you repent and get back with God, right? And what a great example of King David. You know, we have a chance to talk about his whole life, exposed to whole, everybody, right, about what he did wrong. But he did a lot of things right, and he repented. And so we got to get good at that, right, and get on the right path. But don't, don't accept that package of the devil. Just say, return to sender, address unknown, no such number. Some of the older people know that old song, right? You younger people are like, what's that song? Who sang that song anyway, remember? Who? Elvis did? Oh, wow. That's a good song. Well, I mean, it has good stuff in it. <laughs> so return to sender. Praise God. So we're talking about not, not looking back. We're talking about pressing forward with the Lord. Let's go now to Luke 17, if you would. Luke 17, praise God. Hallelujah. And I want to start Luke 17, verse 28. Praise God. So also, it was the same as it was in the days of Lot. People ate, they drank. They bought, they sold, they planted, they built. Luke 17, 29 now. But on the very day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. 30, that is the way it will be on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. Yeah, I think oftentimes we forget about this, how horrible Sodom and Gomorrah was. And we got people out there living for the devil, partying on, having a good time. But this day is coming. There's a judgment side of God. And none of us wants to get over on that side of it. 31. On that day, let him who is on the housetop with his belongings in the house not come down and go inside to carry them away. And likewise, let him who is on the field not turn back. So let's not turn back. 32. Remember Lot's wife. And then God's trying to remind us, don't, we can't forget about what happened to Lot's wife. She turned back. 33, whoever tries to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will preserve and quicken it. Jumping down to 35, there will be two women grinding together. One will be taken and the other will be left. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other will be left. And there's a whole message in there I, I just, I can't get into tonight. You know my heart for the lost and, you know, 
Did that woman talk to that woman grinding about Jesus? Did that guy talk to the other guy in the field about Jesus? Because, you know, God is a relationship God, and he has relationships for all of us. And a lot of times that's for us to talk to him about Jesus. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit will prompt you just to pray, um, you know, but if we listen to the still small voice of God, but many times he'll prompt us to witness to people. So I think he can, we go, go off in a message direction on that. And I don't want to go, go there right now, but the New Amplified Bible for verse 28, I love, says they were carrying on business as usual without regard for their sins. Wow. You know, this afternoon, the Holy Spirit showed me how people are in life. And it's kind of like, he showed me like on a high wire, you know, and you're on that little wire, you know, and you're walking along there and I already fell off. Um, So just imagine a high wire there. And, you know, on one side of that is going back to the devil and the other side of that is living for God. And so... I think a lot of Christians nowadays, they're on this, they're not going either direction. They're just walking along this wire, and all of a sudden they fall off and they fall on the devil's side, and then terrible things happen. They're like, What happened? Woe is me. What, what happened to my life? I'm a Christian. And, and all of a sudden they're in this muck, and the devil's beating them up, but God's mercifully picks them back up, puts them back on that wire, right? And then one day they fall off in the God side and they get blessed. They're like, man, I must be Holy Spirit Junior, right? Look at me, man. I'm so blessed. My life is going so good. But their life is a series of going from one side to the other. It's like God showed one time, like a lot of people, they want to dance with the devil on the weekend, right? And then they want to go to church on Sunday and they want to pray, right? And the next weekend, they're back over there. And, and I tell you what, I, I lived 32 years of that, folks. I didn't know Jesus. And my born-again birthday was this Labor Day of 1994. And so 28 years ago, I guess that'd be. And I'm 60, so I've not even lived half of my life yet for Jesus. And so I'm thankful, so thankful that God saved me. But, you know, are you walking on that wire sometimes where you wonder why my life's going great, my life's going bad, my life's going great, my life's going bad. But are you moving on with God or are you walking on the edge of this thing and every day is an adventure about which way you're going to fall? I want to share that the Holy Spirit gave that to me today that really registered in my heart. And verse 32 in the Amplified Classic says, Remember what happened to Lot's wife when she looked back. That's the theme of our message tonight. 33, whoever seeks to save his life will eventually lose it. Through death, and whoever loses his life in this world will keep it from the consequences of sin and separation from God. Wow. You know, a big part of not looking back is living holy. And I so respect Pastor Mark and Pastor Jerry and uh, Pastor Chuck for preaching righteousness from this altar. Because there's nothing dirty about God. You know, even though a lot of denominations... um, have left the Word of God. And if you're, if you're watching tonight, um, I don't believe it's by accident. There might be some guests watching tonight live or in the future. And if you're going to a church that's promoting ungodliness, you need to get out of there and you need to find a church that preaches the Bible because God is not dirty. He's holy. And you're endangering your, your salvation by attending a church that preaches anything else. Um, and it's very clear. Read Revelations. Um, about the churches, it's, um, there's a lot of churches that just, they, they quit following God. 
So a big part of, of not looking back is, is living holy. You know, and I, um, the Lord prompted me today, we're going to go to Isaiah 43, by the way, in just a minute if you want to work your way there, Isaiah 43, chapter 43. But one of the most powerful things the Holy Spirit has ever told me, and this has been years ago now, and my way, a little bunny trail, if you have a hard time from hearing from the Holy Spirit, start confessing the Word in that area. I'm his sheep, I hear his voice. I'll not follow the voice of a stranger. You gotta, you, you can, if you don't have faith for these things, you're not going to walk in those things, right? And if you're struggling, just keep confessing that and then listen. Take time to listen. And I'm, I've been thankful in my walk with the Lord. The very first day I got born again, um, you know, and don't may forget I'm going here with something what the Lord told me about church. But when I got born again in 1994 in Labor Day, I heard the still small voice of God immediately at the altar. I went forward for this altar call. I had no idea what that was because I grew up in a church that didn't have altar calls. I just knew I was supposed to be up there. I went forward. I confessed Jesus for the first time with my heart. I had peace for the first time in my life. I'll never forget that day as long as I live. You guys could all run out of here now and say, I'm following somebody else forever. I'm going to be praising Jesus. I'm going to stand up here and praise Jesus while you're leaving because he saved my life. And so I had that peace, and I heard that still small voice immediately. And he said, before this day, you're going to hell for eternity. And here I was warming up a church pew every weekend for 32 years. I never remember one time missing a church service in 32 years. I was even in the choir. I was a deacon. I mean, I was as religious as Nicodemus. But I was blinded to the glorious light of the gospel. But I heard that still small voice, that altar, that, that first day, and I'm so thankful for that, the Holy Ghost speaking to me. And by the way, I wasn't going to mention this, but somebody needs to hear this. The second thing the Holy Ghost said to me was, I want you to go home and take all your alcohol and pour it down the drain. And my first thought was, shouldn't I give it to one of my buddies? <laughs> so I wasn't sanctified there totally yet. But when I got back to Evansville, that's exactly what I did. I went to my liquor cabinet, and it was full of stuff, and I poured every drop of that down the drain. And, you know, I'm real passionate about, you know, holiness, because I just can't see how many people we can attract to Jesus when we're living like the people out in the world. Hey, come to Jesus and, and live like a pig like me. I'm sorry to be blunt, but it's amazing how many people claim to be Christians and are out there playing with the world. There's nothing good. My grandpa drank himself to death. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I wasn't in my notes. But my grandpa drank himself to death. Don't tell me alcohol's okay. I, I, I did it for years. I knew everybody that did it. And not a single good thing ever came out of it. Not once. And I don't see anywhere where moderation and sin is recommended by God. I mean, people twist this Bible to whatever their flesh wants to do sometime, and there's nothing good that's going to come out of that. And if you've been bound in that, uh, maybe that's the only reason God had you here tonight, is just get away from that stuff. It won't, it won't help you do anything. It messes up your witness, and it messes up your life if you let it long enough. Uh, praise God. Amen. Somebody said, I love the preacher. preacher. That's pretty weak, but <laughs> we'll take it anyway. So, but back to what the Holy Spirit told me a number of years after I got saved. He said, son, you've never been to a church service yet where everybody there is going to heaven. Are you hearing me now? He said, you've never been to a church service yet where everybody there is going to heaven. And I've done church services in the jail with two and three and four people, you know, all the way up to bigger numbers, whatever. But, you know, I personally, I think about our own church sometimes. 
Because just because you're one of the kids, for example, and just because your parents love Jesus doesn't mean you love Jesus. I've had people in my podcast, their parents were Christians, and then they came to Jesus after they got out of college or whatever, after they went, went away or whatever, right? So, you know, none of us is going to heaven on our parents' salvation choice. And so I hope you're not deceived into thinking that. And then it could, could be somebody like me that warmed up a church for 32 years. Um, but I never forgot that. And I think about every time I go to church, a lot, that's just that most of the times I go to church, I think about how powerful that was that, that I've never been to church service yet where everybody there is going to heaven. And, you know, and we know in the Bible that many people will leave Jesus in the end times, right? Um, they just, they're just going to leave them. Now, I know there's people that teach you can't do that, but they need to read their B-I-B-L-E because we're supposed to continue in the faith. And there's so much scripture in that area, but I just hope, you know, hope that, that you're not one of those that's going to leave God because we got a pretty good party coming in heaven. All the, what's that cheese dip, queso? All the queso and hot chips. All the Diet Mountain Dew, Kenny, that you can get up there. I mean, it's, it's going to be a good time, I'm telling you. But praise God. Did anybody go to Isaiah 43 yet? <laughs> praise God. Isaiah 43, 18. Do not earnestly remember the former things, neither consider things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Praise God. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I want to encourage you tonight. If you're if you felt like you've been in the rivers and the wilderness, that God has a way. It says he's going to make a way for you and I. But we got to get in Christ and let him help us. Right. A lot of times we're like, hey, God, I got this. Am I the only one? I got this guy. This is pretty easy. I got this. Right. But if we let him. You know, he's not a dictator, right? He's, he's, uh, he's a gentleman. And he wants to help us, but we have to let him. He wants everybody to go to heaven. But the Bible says there's a wide path to destruction, right? So he wants to help you. So if you're in that wilderness area, just keep on keeping on. Press forward. You know, the Amplified Classic there, um, I'm sorry, the Amplified, the New Amplified Bible says, do not remember the former things or ponder the things of the past. I like the expanded Bible. It says, the Lord says, forget what happened before and do not think about, consider, or dwell on the past. You ever been around anybody there? They're dwelling on the past, dwelling on the past, dwelling on the past, right? And you just want to slap them. But I'm pretty sure we're not supposed to do that. But um, praise God, I'm probably the only one that does that. But we're not supposed to dwell on the past. But how oftentimes do we do that? We think... Why did I do this so many years ago? I did blah, 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 you know, and God's probably thinking, oh, my gosh, did you did you confess that? Yeah. Did you mean it? Yeah. Why are we talking about it? Right. But too often times we dwell uh, on the past. I want to encourage you tonight. Uh, there's, I feel like there's people in here that this is going to help, that you need to move forward and God's going to help you. Philippians, Philippians chapter three. Let's go to Philippians chapter three. Praise God. We're going to start in verse 11. Verse 11. Philippians 3.11. That if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me up out from among the dead, even while in the body. 
How many of y'all can say hallelujah to that? Praise God. 12, not that I have now attained this ideal or have already been made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of grasp and make my own that for which Christ Jesus the Messiah has laid hold of me and made me his own. Now, verse 13, do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet, but one thing I do, it is my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Praise God. 14, I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. Folks, the prize is in Christ Jesus. It's not in another God. And sad you've got to tell people that nowadays in the church. But you're not going to heaven on any other God besides the one that sent Jesus to die on the cross at Calvary. It's in Christ Jesus. 15, so let those of us who are spiritually mature and full-grown have this mind and hold these convictions. And if any respect you have any different attitude of mind, God will make that clear to you. Man, God wants to help us, doesn't he? He doesn't want to leave us ignorant. 16, only, uh, only let us hold true to what we have already attained and walk and order our lives by that. Now I want to read from the Living Bible on verse 12b. I love this. I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. Is that good or what? 13b, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. 14, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Christ Jesus did for us. Folks, if we keep looking back, we can't do verse 12b. I'm going to read that again. I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. You know, just because Christ wants us to be something doesn't mean we're going to be there unless we come along with Him, right? And He's got more, I believe, for all of us. None of us have arrived, right? Say, oh man, I got all this stuff. I'm good to go. I'm Holy Spirit Junior, right? No, God's got more for us, right? And Scott, if you would... Um, Put photo number four out there. Can you guys see that okay? This, part of this is to show you that back when I was a younger man, I did have hair. See this? Can you guys see that okay? We have to turn the lights off, Scott. I don't think we can see good enough. Which one of these D works those? Ah, oh, is that better? So that's, that's some pictures of me about 40 years ago, 40 plus on some of them. And you know, the sad thing was I didn't know Jesus then. If I'd have dropped dead, I would have went to hell for eternity. Next one, Scott. Now this one here is kind of, does that look like me even? You guys think that's me? Now we had some, we had some, con it was something in college, I think we had, we had run through the mud or something or other. I can't remember exactly what it was, so I think I got mud smeared on me. And um, you guys have heard about that, um, you know, the tree thing, the apple and the tree thing, right? When your kids do something dumb, it might be because they learned it from mom or dad potentially, right? And so Terry gives Tyler grief sometimes about she doesn't think he brushes his hair enough. And... Um, so I realized I might have been the example, right? 
Oh, does they think I look so, guys think I look so okay? I mean, that's not bad, right? I mean, I think I brushed my hair at one time. And my beard um, looks a little rough, doesn't it? So, anyhow, I want to have a little humor there because, but, you know, the point of that really is how fast your life goes. You young gals and the guys and gals in the front row, second row there, I have no idea. You just, just, you might think you do, but life goes so fast. I literally was, you know, all these pictures that I've had up there, and Scott, you better take that down before anybody wants to leave. Um, <laughs> but I literally, that seems like yesterday, all those photos between 18 and 20 or so, and literally, you know, that's, I've gone two-thirds more beyond that already from, from 20 to 60, and literally, you know, if, I, if that, nothing came out of my message tonight but you younger folks not waiting around and starting to press forward now, not waiting five years or 10 years or 15 years to press forward, you can do so much with your life if you just start obeying God now. You know, don't be like me and, and uh, be lost for 32 years of your life. I mean, I could have died and went to hell. You know, and you kids that are going to go off to college and whatever, that they're offering you alcohol, and you think, oh, I'm just going to do this. My parents are gone, whatever. You know, I, I rolled the car down in the bank with a friend drinking out in the, in, the, in the hills of South Dakota and should be dead. We rolled our car down that embankment six, eight, ten times. It's a miracle of God I'm still here today. But God's merciful. But, you know, don't go out there and, and I'm leaving home and I'm going to do all these dumb things, right? Because you may not survive some of those dumb things. But for God's mercy... And uh, he's such a good God. But, you know, I just want to, I want to drive home that, that life goes so fast. And just to not waste, you know, not waste that time. And so, you know, I would question, say, okay, you know, if not now, when? Why not now? Why not start pressing forward? You know, if you've been walking along that wire of mediocrity and dancing with the devil and hanging out, being a half Christian, half living for, for the devil... Just get off that path and just march on with God. I want to just encourage you with, the, with all I can to, to not continue down that path. Let's flip back a couple pages to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2.12. Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestions. This is like my kids. Um, so now, not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent. Work out, that's what I want to get to, work out, cultivate, carry out the goal to the goal, and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling. Self-distrust. Don't trust yourself in your flesh. Serious, with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidity, shrieking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. You know, our heart should be never to discredit the name of Christ. You know, if we're out wearing a Christian t-shirt, have a Christian bumper sticker, we shouldn't be out there flipping people off driving down the road. Right? If you do, tear your bumper sticker off. Right? Um, or just cover it up if you're having a bad day. <laughs> Thirteen. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while affectionately at work in you. Wow. Folks, He is in us, and He's trying to work with us if we just let Him. You know, one of your prayers, maybe for those of you that haven't, that wondering why is God not doing anything, is just, God, I, I yield totally to you. I know you're in me. 
and I'm going to let you work with me. I'm not going to quit stopping you. Okay, we could talk about hindering God, right? There's scripture about hindering God. We could go there, right? We can hinder God. We can hinder the Most High God. Praise God. So God will help us if we let Him. Now I want to go to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, please. We're getting down here to the end. I'm going, I'm going, I'm making good pace here. Praise God. This could be a record for me. You know, the kids, uh, they would joke sometimes. They don't always want me to pray because, you know, when they were younger, they used to always start singing that song. This is the prayer that never ends. And it goes on. <laughs> so, I mean, when I'm praying, I like to, you know, I get the missionaries. If you want to go out to eat with me, you know, you might not want to ask me. If you're hungry, you might not want to ask me to pray. So, Pastor and Sister Phyllis, they know that and they, they don't ask me. Praise God. Because they, they get done quick. They're moving on to the food. But Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, then, since we are surrounded by so great a crowd of, cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Verse 2, 2a here I'll read. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. I want to read that again. Hebrews 12, 2a in the Amplified Classic. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. And then verse 3 I like. Just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials, so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. Think about that. Comparing what Jesus did with our trials. It's kind of comical, really, right? Somebody gets mad if we speak, you know, uh, against ungodly marriage or abortion or whatever, and we get our feelings hurt too easy, right? You think about what Jesus did for us, and we need to kind of to buck up, toughen up, pull our britches up, and, and uh, be firm, right? But I want to talk a little about unnecessary weight. You know, what is our unnecessary weight? And, of course, it's talking about sin that, uh, that entraps us also, but... What kind of distractions do we have in our life? You know, I want to encourage you to, to find those distractions. Some of them might not even be sin, but they are if they're keeping you from doing something that God told you to do. Right? Like TV time. You know, I was bad for TV. Anything with a ball, I'm kind of like pastor. I like, I like sports. Just, you know, I just love football. I played college football. It was one of those photos there, you know. And I just loved to hit people. It was fun. I didn't run around people. I ran through them. It just was more fun. Um, but I love things with the ball, right? But then as that 60 years of life has progressed, every year that has become less and less and less important to me. If I miss a game, I whoop de do, right? It's just a game, right? And God wants us to enjoy these things, but then they can become a distraction. You know, and, and you know, I, I, I joke with people. I really, maybe it's true. I think that God maybe has a special projects whiteboard in heaven, and I'm on that list. You know, okay, what am I going to do with Greg today? 
you know, and, and I'm so thankful. I'm almost three years in now to um, my podcast. And, you know, God is just so amazing how he'll do things. He woke me up in the middle of the night, probably figured I'd shut up and listen. And, um, you know, very clearly spoke to me to start my podcast. Of course, he told me audio recording. Scott had to say, well, you idiot, that's a podcast. But Scott's too nice to say idiot because Scott's such a nice guy. I mean, he said in a nice sort of way, you know, I think that's a podcast. But, you know, but God is so smart. He didn't say, hey, you're going to spend two or three hours a day, you know, doing a 10-minute podcast. Because I would have said, There's no, I don't have two or three minutes a day. Literally, that's what I would have said. But, you know, we make time for what we want to make time for. And, you know, it's like, and I'm, I, this, this is just an example. I mean, it has nothing to do with your calling maybe something totally different. But it was like God showed me how it was like one domino. Through my obedience, he tipped over one domino. And all these dominoes have fallen down through one simple act of obedience. Um, yeah, I, had, I have a new pastor friend from Tennessee that has maybe the most amazing testimony I've ever heard. Um, it's on, I've got it on right now in eight days, and this guy, he was, did every drug imaginable, stole from his family, armed robbery, everything you can imagine in the prisons, in the, uh, the, the Aryan uh, Brotherhood, the white supremacist group, and gave his heart to Jesus in a, in a solitary confinement cell. And it loves Jesus as much as anybody I've ever met. I mean, what God can do, and then I realized how it challenged my faith because I shouldn't be so shocked, right, by what God can do, because it really doesn't matter. But, you know, it shows that we're all growing, right? But, you know, what are we doing? What time? What has God called you to do that, that you're not doing? Because we can find so many things to do, right? I got to fix this at the house. I got to go here. I got to go to the, 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 you know, 50th birthday party this month or whatever, Right? I mean, there's always something that wants to demand our time. But if you compare that to what God wants you to do, is it really that important? And, and if we're trying to set an example for our family, you know, I know there's this balance. There's everything in the Bible's balance. But I wanted my kids to know that I put God first. And if, if I got called to preach at the Drug and Alcohol Rehab Center or the jails, wherever, that's where I was going. And I'm sorry if I missed something. I know some people get all excited about you leaving your family, you're doing this. But I think my Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It doesn't say, seek ye first your family. I could preach a whole message on this, right? Because most people seek their, their family first, right? Because they can see him. It's a fleshly thing, right? It's, a, it's with their, their but, but the Bible says, seek God first, Right? And so, but what is it that, that, you know, might maybe is taking your time or what sin is entangling you? You know, uh, TV, social media, family, we talked about attitude sometimes. Well, I'm going to do what I want to do with my life. Well, our life's been bought. If we're Christian, it's been paid for, paid in full at the cross of Calvary. Right. So we're not our own anymore. So. You know, I just want to encourage you, if there's anything, maybe I believe the Holy Spirit's prompting folks out there that, hey, this, this is something that you need to quit spending so much time on. And we all have those little things, right? Uh, mine's cleaning the garage. Actually not. Our garage hasn't been cleaned for 150 years. Um, so if that's yours, hey, come on over to my house and just clean up, all right? Because mine is not cleaning out the garage. 
But, but we, seriously, we all have our things, right? We all have our things we spend too much time doing. And if you compare that to eternity, if you took that time to go lead one person to Jesus, it'd be so much more important than, you know, whatever we're doing. And we all have to work, right? I mean, we have jobs, right? I'm not talking about that, but, but there's extra time that we have that we spend. You know, I just want to encourage you to, to really examine yourselves and, and what do you do with that extra time, all right? Um, I want to go now here. This might even be my final scripture. Wow. How are we doing on time? This is almost a miracle, maybe. Um, we're going to go to Colossians, backing up a few pages. Colossians chapter 4. And while you're turning to Colossians 4, I want to read you something, if you don't mind. Uh-oh, I'm rolling off of here. All right, so while you're turning to Colossians chapter 4, I want to read to you 2 Corinthians 13.5 from the Amplified Bible. Test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you are in the faith and living your lives as committed believers. Wow. Should I read that again? That's pretty good. 2 Corinthians 13.5. Test and examine, I'm sorry, test and evaluate yourselves. Don't ask somebody else to do it. You can do it yourself. To see whether you are in the faith and living your lives as committed believers. Examine yourselves, not me, or do you not recognize this about yourselves by an ongoing experience that Jesus Christ is in you? No, it doesn't say your favorite God is in you. It's sad how many Christians don't even know that Jesus is not only a way, he's the only way. These, these people ought to be fired to preach this stuff and be go find a different job. Come on. Y'all want to donate some money with me? We'll try to find these people a new job. That Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test and are rejected as counterfeit. And nobody wants to be rejected as counterfeit, huh? Remember, God gave me a message in the jail a number of years ago now. He said, I want, I want you to preach about uh, being an imitation Christian. He said, I was for 32 years. Just a fake. So Christians follow Jesus. And since Jesus is the Word, that means we follow the Word, right? No, I wouldn't follow the Word. Maybe just by accident a few things, right? But is that good scripture or what? 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Test yourselves and evaluate yourselves. Now, by now, you should be in Colossians, hopefully. If not, we'll have Pastor Jerry or Pastor Chuck help you find Colossians. Colossians 4. Verse 2, be earnest and unwearied and steadfast in your prayer life. Wow, pause. Anybody besides me ever give up too early on praying for people? Yeah, you witness to them, and then it seems like they did worse. They're living for the devil even harder than the time you talked to them before. But we just give up too easy on people. You know, you think about if that person were you, how much effort would you want somebody to put onto you for your soul? But we give up too easy. And I mean, prayer is pretty simple, really, except for your flesh. You just, you, nobody's going to throw anything at you typically, unless you're standing in a street corner, which you shouldn't be doing that anyway, right? But um, <laughs> the Pharisees did that. But be earnest and unwearied 
and steadfast in your prayer life. I don't know, something went off my spirit. There's somebody out there, somebody's, me included, need to, to, to hear that. And just to just keep, just keep praying. Just keep praying. That doesn't, that doesn't uh, relieve you from other things besides praying, but we have to keep praying. Being both alert and intent in your prayerful... I'm sorry, my bad. Alert and intent in your praying with thanksgiving. We're thankful because we believe God's going to do what we prayed for, right? Three, and at the same time, pray for us also that God may open a door to us for the word, the gospel, to proclaim the mystery concerning Christ, the Messiah, on account of which I am in prison. Well, I don't think anybody here has gone to prison for the gospel yet, right? So, four, that I may proclaim it fully and make it clear, speak boldly and unfold that mystery as is my duty. Five, behave yourselves wisely living prudently and with discretion in your relations with those of the outside world, the non-Christians, making the very most of the time and seizing, buying up the opportunity. Pause here. Anybody ever miss an opportunity to witness to somebody besides me? And you like, you like, that was, there it was, it was perfect. It's like God could, he laid it out in a silver platter and I missed the whole opportunity. But thankful to God, I feel like God's like got this merry-go-round thing, right? And we go on this thing, we go around, and we just say, get off here. And then you oh, nope. And then you go around again, and he says, get off here. And, and he just, he never gives up. It's the merry-go-round that never stops, right? So if there's somebody that you haven't talked to, you're not praying or whatever, just the next time the merry-go-round gets around the other side, just jump off this time, right, with faith and just believing that the greater one inside you is going to help you. Sometimes we want to get a Ph.D. and figure out exactly how we're going to do this perfectly. And it's never going to happen, right? Because there's no trust in God if we, if we have to have know-it-all, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. Behave yourself wisely, living up the opportunity. Six, let your speech at all times be gracious, pleasant, and winsome. Seasoned, as it were, with salt. There we are, living for God, hungry, a bright light, so that you may never be at a loss to know how you ought to answer anyone who puts a question to you. You know, back to that tightrope thing again. Man, if we're walking here and we're living for the devil half the time and God half the time, and it's hard really to, to share and be ready when people question you about the Lord. If, you, if you're not set in your faith, it's hard really to, to lead somebody to Jesus. If we're living a lukewarm life, it's really hard to reach people. So the first thing we have to do is get on fire ourselves, right? And I'm so thankful for Pastor Mark. I don't know if y'all are as thankful as I am, but I prayed when I got born again and God sent me here. And, um, you know, it's just sad. You know, there's a lot of people that, that move because of their job. I don't get it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Not seek ye first your job. There's a lot of jobs in Evansville. But people leave all the time, and they leave their man of God because they want to get another job in another city and make more money. Good people love Jesus. Just talked to one the other day. Been gone for a number of years now. Just because they can make more money. And um, though they want to live in Sodom and Gomorrah because they have nice beaches there or whatever. I don't get it. I don't understand how you can seek God first 
And God, we have all these examples in the Bible about God puts prophets in your life, people to help you, and then people ignore them like they mean nothing. And it's just, it's just because we're not seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And, um, you know, and I'm preaching the choir, you all are here, right? But just don't, don't, be, don't be like that. Just don't, don't move to Timbuktu just because they got better weather and you got a better job and the cost of living is lower or whatever your flesh wants to do. Um, you know, God has showed me, I don't know why we're parking here, but and sometimes you wish, you're like, my, I don't know if I wanted to know that or not, but I, God has shown me. People, there's a lady in particular left our church years ago, and God showed me the devastation in her family after that happened. It was terrible. But see, we have a spiritual covering where we're supposed to be. Not everybody can fit in Oasis Church. Come on, right? I'm talking about the people that are called to be here, supposed to be here. But if you're where you need to be, there's a spiritual covering that, that goes over the top of you. And um, and pastor that was here a few weeks ago, Pastor Dale Culbertson, um, he was on my podcast here. I, don't have, I haven't put it out yet, but he talked about, he made a little umbrella one day at his church. And God showed him how that, that's, there's a spiritual covering for being in, in the right church. It really is. This is not fake. This is not something you play with. And, um, and so just, I encourage you to, to get where you need to be and stay there and um, cause God's good. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was easy for me because I know I prayed about it and, and I heard from God. And so I'm thankful for that, but let your speech at all times be gracious, pleasant, and winsome. I've had to work on that before. Season as it were with salt so that you may never be at a loss to know how you ought to answer anyone who puts a question to you, you know? And, and so a, a big part of us not looking back and pressing forward is taking our focus off of us. Everybody, anybody besides that, that me have to deal with the me, 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 me wants to do this. You, 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 doesn't matter. Me, me, me is going to do this, right? I must be the only one. Okay, self, you need to quit doing that. Um, okay, I'm back, back to you all here. But, you know, our flesh wants to rise up, right? And especially maybe when we haven't been spending enough time in this here, right? Flesh wants to really rise up then, right? And... Um, yeah, I just want to encourage you to, you know, seek first the kingdom of God. Put God first. Love God and love others, right? And if we're really doing that, we're not going to want to turn back. Because I tell you what, I lived for the devil not even knowing it for 32 years. There's nothing back in that direction that I ever want to go back to. Now, my flesh does, right? Wants to go back to... Hunterproof proof rumpment, schnapps, light your fingers on fire, do your shop, blow out your fingers. I mean, that's just the kind of stuff that, believe me, anybody can preach up here apparently because, you know, the pastor let me, right? But, I mean, I was an idiot, but I was a professional idiot because I had a good job, had a chemical engineering degree, and, you know, and you can act like a fool even more then because you got a good job and a nice house, right? But anybody else know what I'm talking about, that old life? Does anybody want to go back to where you were before? I mean, there is nothing, nothing good back where we lived before. There's nothing. And some of y'all that are young, I, you know, I, I love testimonies. And I've had a lot of them, you know, on my podcast. And, but the, the greatest testimony is got born again when I was eight years old. because My parents took me to church, been living for Jesus my whole life. 
I wish that were my testimony. I really do. Right? That's, that's the greatest testimony. And I encourage you kids. I hope that's some of the kids that they can come up here and do that testimony because that's, that's what we want all our testimonies to be, really. But some of us decided we were dumb. Right? Mona, I laughed the loudest. I wasn't going to break bring you up, Mona, but um, some of us are dumb. Right? Um, and so we lived for the devil. We didn't, but we were blinded from the glorious light of the gospel. It's not like we, nobody wants to live in that muck. Nobody wants to be deceived, right? But, but we were blinded from the truth. And so, you know, this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart a number of weeks ago. Um, he said, I want you to talk about not looking back. And so I hope that that helps somebody out there. I know it helped me. I hope, so I hope it helps somebody else out there too. Um, because our flesh wants to keep on looking back. And, oh, oh, woe is me, and then something happens, and you have a little bump in the road, and, and we want to have a pity party, you know, why this happened to me, and, you know, um, but, you know, there's nothing better out there, right? Like when Jesus' disciples were talking about, you know, should we leave too? <laughs> there's nowhere to go, right? Um, and so I hope that I help somebody out there today. I love, I was looking around earlier today, I'd, I love everybody in our church. Every single, I even like everybody. I was looking around just to make sure I could say that. Because um, you have to love everybody, right? But you know, you're not, not going to like everybody. But actually, I like everybody. Um, I mean, Scott is one of my favorites, of course. But, um, <laughs> but uh, well, no, I love you all. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, Pastor Jerry, when you preach sometimes, too, it makes you think about it because in the jail, a lot of times, God... You know, he, he, he has me preach about righteousness. And, you know, God tried to get me in Dr. Barkley's network in 1983. My first job offer out of college was in Midland, Michigan for Dow Chemical. And he wanted to get me hooked in with Doc way back then already even, right? Because he's, he's, a, he's a preacher of righteousness. Unfortunately, we've got a lot, of, a lot of preachers now that are preachers of money. If I talk about how great God is and how wonderful everything's going to be and sell a bunch of books, I'm going to be a billionaire, Right? And there's a bunch of them out there, and they're on TV all the time. Um, but I'd be real careful who you watch on TV, because um, some of them don't know the Word of God, or they, or they, they know it, but they just left it. And, um, you know, that's not a good place to be. we got to preach, you know, but God has me cre- pre- preach a lot about righteousness and, and right living. Um, I think partly because there's so little teaching on it anymore, uh, because it, it's bad for attendance, right? You know, people don't want to come you know, and hear about living right. But God's coming back. You know, Jesus come back for a clean church. Yes, and I come back for a dirty church. And unfortunately, a lot of those people that are going to be left behind are going to be good church-going people that were living dirty and supporting ungodliness. And they're going to wonder what happened. Well, what happened was they left their Bible. And they started following man's rules and man's new way of doing life. Right? It's amazing. You, some of you young people don't understand this. In the last... 10, 15, 20 years, the level of filth in our country is exponentially grown. It's unbelievable. I mean, it is, it's, it's pitiful, right? It, it wasn't but 15, 20 years ago. We knew what marriage was. Most all the churches knew what marriage was. Um, it wasn't that long ago we knew what it was to save a baby. Now they march around and scream and yell for their right to, to kill babies, I mean, it is unbelievable how, how our country has gotten um, into a point. But God, 
So just don't go back with that stuff. Press forward, and God's gonna, He's gonna do great things in your life, and um, and just you know, and just repent. You know, sometimes we we uh, we just don't want to repent. You know, thank God for First John one nine. I wore it out. Right? If we confess our sins to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So when you mess up, just repent. Don't just go around the muck and say, well, I guess I screwed that up, so let me screw some more things up, so I'll, I'll just repent all at once. Because I used to go to confession. It took me hours. You know, cause when you, by the time you confess all those sins, I mean, just like do 10 million Our Fathers and 14,000 Hail Marys. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get done. Can you give me like, can I just run around the building for a while? I mean, it was bad, I'm telling you. That's probably why there's a lot of people don't go to confession anymore, because of me, because they had to wait in line for so long. Um, praise God. Well, we love you all. And um, Pastor Chuck, you got anything you want me to pray? You want to come up to finish up? All right, well, I'm going to just pray. And uh, I hope I helped somebody out there tonight. I know I, I helped me. Um, and, you know, I'm just thankful for, for my church. I am so thankful. I, you know, if our church was 10 people, I'd, I would, I'd be here and be thankful. Yeah. I'd, rather live with, I'd rather go to church with 10 people that love Jesus yeah. than 10,000 that play church. Yeah. Come on. And we have some good people here. I mean, even in spite of Kenny. I mean, we had a lot of good people here. <laughs> no, Kenny's one of my favorites. He was one of the ones that, when I came to church, I'm telling you, I thought, these people love Jesus. They're on fire for God. I went to church with lukewarm people for a lot of years. And you can always tell because they don't want to talk about Jesus. I mean, what kind of Christian does not want to talk about Jesus? I'll tell you one, one that's dead, right? That has no faith, right? They don't have a living faith. But if you love Jesus, you want to talk about Jesus. Well, Father, we just are so thankful that you're a good God. You're a merciful God, Father. Help us all, Father, not to be in condemnation, but look at our lives. Examine ourselves, your word says. Where do we need to change to test ourselves? Where, where are we spending too much time on worldly things that we could, maybe not even bad things, but that we could change and, and put more time towards you, Father? Just show us, Father. Show us what to do and how to do it better. Father, how to be more productive for you. Father, and thank you that you work with us. You confirm your word through signs following. Father, we, we choose not to turn back. Father, we're not going backwards. We, we disable the reverse on our life. We're not going back, Father. We choose to press forward, Father. And we have a bad day. We choose to run over the, right over the top of that bump and keep going forward and be an example to those around us how we're not going to quit. We're not quitters. We're winners, Father. We choose to keep moving forward. And, and thank you, Father, for... For our pastors here, we just uh, we thank you for Pastor Mark. That I just sense a great anointing that's been on Pastor this week on when he's been uh, on his missions trip, and I, I just I just pray that the anointing increases still for the rest of his trip. It gets even greater than it's already been, Father. We just thank you for that, Father. We thank you for all the great testimonies coming back from from Pastor's trip, Father. We thank you for Psalm ninety one, Psalm one twenty one. We speak blessing your protection over our people, Father, and we just thank you. We come back. Next Sunday, hungry, Father, for more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Love you all. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.